have some movies you'd like us to review? Tell us! Send us an email at driveinmovieshr at gmail.com. Or slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at drivemoviespod or on Facebook at Hogan and Rudy. Let us know what to watch next. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Drive-In Movies with Hogan and Rudy. This week, we are doing a matchup between Misery and The Perfect Host. So... Not quite sure how to how I would describe these two, more like a uh, thriller, captive thriller kind of matchup. Nailed it. Similar. They're they they are very similar in some ways. Uh, but let's get into the details on these two. Starting with misery. That is from what year? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety. That is directed by Rob Reiner, written by William Goldman, and based on the novel by Mr. Stephen King. That stars James Caan as Paul Sheldon, Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes, Richard Farnsworth as Sheriff Buster, and Lauren Bacall as Marsha Sindel. That is going up against The Perfect Host from what year? Oh, shoot. Uh, 20. 14 uh earlier it's 2010 wow okay so 20 years after misery that is directed by nicholas tomney written by nicholas tomney and krishna jones that stars david hyde pierce as warwick wilson and clayne crawford as john taylor there's other people in it too, but they're insignificant, so I didn't mention them. This was a nice set of movies for characters. I know I didn't have to write. Pretty... <laughs> I, I didn't have to read off too many this time. Uh, but I will turn it over to you now to go over what these movies were about. We'll start with Misery, which is about Kathy Bates and James Con. So James Con or Can I never know how to pronounce it is a writer, and he's just finishing up his book. In the mountains of Colorado. As he's going home, his car flips and goes in the snow. And he gets taken in by a wonderful nurse named Annie Wilkes. Who's his biggest fan. Mm. And then The Perfect Host is about uh, a criminal who just robbed a bank and he's on the run. So he tries to stay the night in some man's house. And we'll get to that. Yeah, it's a weird story. He tries to stay the night in a guy's house, and the guy whose house it is is a, a big weirdo and a serial killer. So, kind of a serial killer, but we'll get to that too. I don't care if we spoil any of these. We can let it all out. That's about it. It's a weird, it's a weird movie. I think I think we should just jump right into. Yeah, let's do here. it. So let's let's talk about the writing. What did you think about? Let's start uh, with the perfect toast. What, yes. what did you think? I don't. It doesn't make sense. Every 
every little thing I was questioning. So you have the criminal. He robs a bank. But you're... I don't like the way it's written because you're getting pieces of why he's writing the bank. I see what they try to do, but it's stupid. Yeah. It's I, like they tried to be clever, but they didn't actually have a story that was captivating enough to tie back to. Yeah. So like, if I had to describe... He robbed a bank because he robbed a bank. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> All right. Got that. This was like Dexter meets a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> so. Wow. You have a killer who's killing a killer. Or not a killer. He's killing a criminal. And then you have a side story, which you don't really care about. Just give me Medea. That's all I want. Give me the Medea story. Not the side story of the Tyler Perry movies. Are you catching my drift? Uh, sort of, sort of. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of following you. Yeah, it's, maybe everyone else is. It's a very weird movie. Uh, so you have this this criminal. I don't know exactly why he's looking for a house to stay. I know he's on the run, and and his face is on the news and everything, and everyone's looking for him. But for some reason, he just decides to stay at a random person's house. I think because he's supposed to meet. His accomplice in the morning. So he was just looking for somewhere to for the night. lay low. That was the only thing I could think of. He's a terrible liar. And honestly, yes. I don't know how anyone would have caught on to his drift. But he, uh, he ended up in the wrong house because <laughs> the guy at first seems relatively normal. Seems to be buying this guy's story. Uh, and then it turns out that he's uh, kind of a weirdo himself. And it kind of reminded me of... Did you watch the movie Creep? Did we review that? No. I haven't uh, seen it. You should watch Creep. Creep is uh, it's like a found footage type film. Uh, but it's actually done pretty well. It reminded me of that, but like the worst version of that movie. <laughs> you just the Burger have... King version? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just... <laughs> The writing is really strange. Uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be scary or a comedy. Right. Like, they didn't do a good job of either. Like, it wasn't scary and it wasn't mm -mm. funny. It was mm -hmm. just stupid. <laughs> and there's just moments in the writing where, again, I feel like they wanted to, like... It's almost like they were trying to show artistic choices yes. and like fun little things about the the story but it was just pieced together horribly like the biggest part was when he's tied up the the thief is tied up in the house and he's like let's play a game if i win you let me go and they decide to play chess but while they're playing chess they have this weird flashback to him <laughs> laying in a bathtub with his girlfriend <laughs> Playing chess. Playing chess. And you're like, <laughs> what is happening? And it's that like, it's like the, the writing was like trying to establish that, oh, he he's smart and he knows chess. And you're like, but why? Like, why are you showing me this? I, this has why no in a bathtub? <laughs> and why in a bathtub? Oh, my God. Nobody gosh, in the history of the world has a couple sat in a bathtub together and played chess with the chessboard in front of them. 
Not even on opposing sides. Mm-mm. It's weird. The whole thing is weird. And they have they have different <laughs> things throughout the story where they have these like weird little flashbacks that you're just like, why am I seeing this? Like, yeah. what, what is going on with these weird flashbacks? I didn't know they were about the main criminal until like this fourth or fifth flashback because he had a wig on for most of them. Oh, I was like, mm-hmm. who's that guy? <laughs> it's like, he has a wig on. That's why. Horrible. What about Misery? Oh my gosh. Brilliant. <laughs> I love Misery. That movie is so good. Every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, this is... How could they... It's in a house, basically, the whole time. I mean, you get clips of her going into town, the sheriff, which is fun. But mainly, it's just in, in the house, and his legs are broken. He's not going anywhere. But they do it so good. They oh, do man. a really good job of the tension and suspense oh yeah in that film and i'm gonna make a bold statement Mm -hmm. maybe i'm not thinking this all the way through but i'm just (laughs) gonna go go ahead and say it misery might be the best stephen king adaptation like i think you're right into film now the shining is also great yeah i haven't read the shining but i heard that the uh, Stanley Kubrick version kind of varies quite a bit from the book. And and Stephen King actually doesn't like that movie because it's so much different from his book. So I can't comment on that. And then you have like It and Pet Cemetery and Cujo, but all those movies are kind of cheesy and some of them, the endings are kind of eh, it gets boring in some parts. Misery, I feel like, is the only one that like is consistently good from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Now, the end, I will say, kind of has a weird ending point. Not really a weird ending point. It's just you get through the whole story with the two characters. And then they're like, now, how do how do we like wrap this up in a way that makes sense? And I, I feel like there's a dinner scene at the end. That I like. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's a, a bad ending. Yeah. It's just, it feels placed in there to end the movie. Like, it doesn't feel like a natural ending. It For just sure. feels mm-hmm. like, hmm, we can't just end it here. So let's add another scene to end it more appropriately. But in doing so, I think they probably could have cut that out and ended it without that scene. Yeah. But that's just my own. Yeah, no, it doesn't it doesn't hurt the movie. It's just it's the only part of that movie that I feel like feels a little out of place, but at least it's at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not bad at all. It's not a bad ending. It's just if they would have cut that scene out, I feel like it would have been more fluid, I guess. There's just so many we were talking about this earlier. So many quotable lines. <laughs> you dirty bird. I love the scene uh you know, throughout the movie Kathy Bates' character, Annie Wilkes, is you know, a little off. And then she has yeah. these tangents where, like, she gets really angry or says some really alarming things. So James Conn's character uh, kind of toes the line where he doesn't want to set her off. And he's kind of acting very friendly towards her. And there is a scene after a very, I think, notable scene at this part. Involving a sledgehammer. Oh, 
there's a scene right after that where she comes home from the store and she's like, hey, how's it going? She's like waving <laughs> through a window and he just gives her the middle finger. Yes, I and I just think it's the best scene in the entire movie. He's just so done with, with everything. And I think uh, I think that's what I like about the writing is that those two characters, their interactions with each other and just kind of the evolution of their relationship and how it kind of gets wilder and wilder. Yeah. Really makes the story kind of flow nicely, even though, like you said, it's mainly mainly it takes place in the house. Yeah. He's just kind of being held captive. And yet you are engaged in the movie the entire time because of the way that these two characters are, are interacting and, and the situation that he's trying to get himself out of without having any kind of resources around to help him in that situation. Gosh, every time I watch that, it keeps getting better. Oh, yeah. It's way better writing than <laughs> The Perfect Toast. Uh, Perfect Toast feels to me like a like a student film. It does have that feel. Yeah. Someone just threw it together with their friends. Which maybe it could, could be very, a good student could, film. Could very well be. Uh, I mean, sure, <laughs> sure. You're like, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Let's talk about, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I think that I, they know. I'm, uh, I'm jumping the gun on, on who we are giving <laughs> our point to, but. Misery. <laughs> what about characters? This might be, this is another easy one, but I'll start with Perfect Toast first. So you mainly have Warwick Wilson, who is the house owner, mm-hmm. I guess I'll call him. And then you have John Taylor, who's the bank robber. Hmm. Yeah, at first, like you were saying, Warwick is like this nerdy, but he's like normal. And he's just like hosting this dinner party. And he has a somewhat normal reaction. I don't think I would have let this strange man into my house. Right. But once you find out his mental state, you understand why everything is going on. I thought he did a, an okay job. It was a little, his character was a little weird and he was very, he was going hard. The whole time. Oh my gosh, I was going to say <laughs> the same thing. Man, did he commit to that role? Whoa. I don't even know who he is. David Hyde Pierce? He Have you seen Frasier? Him? Oh, he that's right. He does the voice of the dog doctor. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> what? In Treasure Planet. You ever see Treasure Doctor Planet? Dog. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, the doctor <laughs> is also like a dog. I think he does the voice of that character. Fun fact. Uh, but he goes <laughs> he goes way harder than he probably should have. But honestly, you know what? I think that's the only thing that, that could have worked for that character. I think his over-the-top performance is the only thing that kind of made oh. that movie, uh, I don't want to say enjoyable, but <laughs> tolerable. <laughs> tolerable. <laughs> That's exactly how you want to describe the movie. <laughs> I think the yeah. the criminal guy boring. I thought he was boring, and I also thought he was a terrible actor. I thought everyone in that movie was kind of a terrible actor. The yes. o- the other police officers for a while oh, for robotic. a while. I didn't know why we were even cutting to those characters. Like no, they made they had no connection, no purpose to the story. And then later on, I guess they tie back somehow but there's like one random scene where you have the police talking about the bank robbery 
And then, like, 40 minutes goes by, and you don't even see those guys again. <laughs> and then they show up again at the end, but you're just like, what? Why is this scene here? Like, what do we care about these these police officers? No, you don't. And the conversation's horrible. The criminal's girlfriend, who he plays chess in the bathtub with, I thought she was a horrible actress. <laughs> oh, my God. The conversation between him and her at the end in, like, the parking garage? Oh, Oof. boy. She doesn't have a picture on IMDb. <laughs> I know why. <laughs> I wouldn't want to show my face if I... Oh, shit. I wonder if anyone's actually seen this movie besides us. I don't know. It's on Amazon, so everyone watch it. It's free mm. on Amazon Prime. No, don't watch it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want. What do you think about the characters in this <laughs> Oh, my gosh. They're going to... They're both... Okay, Kathy Bates and James Caan, that might be like one of my favorite. I think I heard they actually hated each other filming this movie. Really? And I could see that because they kind of hated each other. Well, they did hate each other. Yeah. Well, he hated her. She loved him. Yes, a little too much. But just their their acting is both of theirs. Fantastic. The the first scene where she starts to like snip at him, mm-hmm. he she walks out of the room. He's just like staring, he's like, like concerned. Oh, he's like, "Oh shit, god, I got it!" Yeah, <laughs> you're like, "Yes, oh, I, I feel it." I think that's what I like a lot about the characters <laughs> in the story too. Is that I feel like James Khan's reaction is exactly the reaction that <laughs> any person would have in that situation. Like his faces. And his reactions, I I told Eleanor while we were watching it, I was like, I feel like this movie is why they picked him to be the dad in Elf, because he has such a good reaction to just Probably. insanity, <laughs> where he's just like, uh, okay, whatever you say, I'm going to get the hell out of here now. He's just so good at, at it. And he doesn't even have to say that much. Like, most of his yes. acting is just... Mm-mm his facial expressions and you can see in his eyes, like, uh, like those, Oh shit moments. Where he's like, Oh yeah. God, <laughs> what happened? Someone, someone online called this the prequel to elf. Did they call it the prequel to elf? <laughs> yeah. All right. They're all like, right. So I'm not alone. No, it takes place in the. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He lives in New York. <gasps> Is Annie Wilkes. Uh, the elf's mom. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we've uncovered it. Whoa! <laughs> wow, that just you heard it here first. <laughs> That's wild. Kathy Bates' reactions. Oh I, my gosh, she plays a perfect insane person. Do you know my favorite scene? Um, there's so many. I know it's hard to choose. I know. I don't know your favorite scene. When she brings the pig in. Oh. <laughs> And she oinks. and then, like at the end, she, she like does a twirl. <laughs> You're like, this lady's insane. She does an incredible job of going <laughs> from like overtly nice, almost annoyingly nice, mm-hmm. to just the most insane person in the flip of a switch. Like it could be the same scene. There's a there's a moment where. Oh, it's when uh, when she buys him the typewriter and the paper, and he's like, um, "Oh, thank, mm-hmm. thank you, this is perfect." But could you actually get me a different 
kind of paper because this one smudges and whatnot. And oh boy, she, <laughs> yeah. she turns a corner real quick. <laughs> and you're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, they, they both do an incredible job. I also like the sheriff. I think he's oh, just yeah. enjoyable as well. I I like every time him and his uh, wife are bantering back and forth. <laughs> when they're in the car together. When you're in the yeah. car together, you're my deputy. Yeah. You're not my wife. <laughs> so so they're fun to watch, too. And there's not many other characters. You have Lauren Bacall, who's his like publicist. She's in like the beginning and the end. But she's not really in the movie too long to to make too much of an impression. But you really don't need anyone else. I think you I don't. think those characters mm-hmm. hold hold their own through that movie. Easy. Easy point. Easy point. Can I just say what a perfect title for that story? Like misery. Oh, just yeah. It's about the character in the book. It's about what he's going through. Oh it's yeah. About, like that one word is like, man, this is this is the most perfect way to just sum up this entire Oh yeah. Film. What about the music? This is this is interesting. I have a lot to say about music. So the score in Misery is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just actually just listened to it right before this to get to jog my memory, and it was wonderful, <laughs> wonderfully scary. Um, it, no, it is some of it's suspenseful, some of it's like a nice score, mm-hmm. but it fits the movie very well. Uh, the I totally forgot the other movie we watched, The Perfect Toast. <laughs> that already left your brain there. <laughs> the music's weird. I don't know. It felt like a Dawson's Creek episode. It's mainly just or, uh, like classical music. It's classical. And then there's like weird, like during the love scenes, it's like weird. The only way I could describe it is like Gilmore Girls or Dawson's Creek type of music. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could see. And it's like during like the end, there's actually a song, The Perfect Host. Don't listen to it. But then there's like a, a scene where... The bank robber is talking with his girlfriend, and that music comes on. And I'm like, that's weird. Hmm. Doesn't really fit the rest of the movie, but that's okay. Yeah, it's a it's a strange movie. <laughs> the music choices are strange. I do like the first song in the movie. It was like I want to live in L.A. or something like that. Mm. While the bank robber was like changing cars and changing costumes and stuff like that, I was like, all right, I, this song's pretty catchy i can dig it but beyond that i don't mind classical music i actually like classical music but for sure you know i don't think it really enhanced the movie i don't think there wasn't really like an original score past those weird dawson creek moments and (laughs) those didn't really stand out to me whereas misery i i kind of noticed the music all throughout and it is kind of more of your typical suspense and a thriller soundtrack, but I think it does a good job of helping build that tension and build that suspense. And it's a pretty nice soundtrack, you know. It's not. Oh yeah. It's not overtly like depending on the loud bangs that most oh, yeah, like horror yeah, yeah. movies have, where it's like you know this is scary because the music is going really yeah. loud and crazy. You know, it's kind of more subtle, kind of that building dread rather than just the. Every now and then, 
like high pitch shocks. I'm sure it had a couple of those when Kathy Bates was going nuts, but um, <laughs> I didn't really notice it as being kind of overpowering in that movie. Yeah. So I would give it to Misery. Me too. What about Tech? Tech. I'll start with Misery this time. I think a lot of the things, what makes that movie kind of spooky as well, it's pretty practical. Like, mm-hmm. his legs look disgusting. I don't know what they, what kind of makeup they put on his legs, or if they were fake legs. Mm-hmm. But they were horrifying looking. And then, of course, you have the infamous scene. Oh, she, she breaks his ankles. Oh, God. So if you haven't seen Misery, she puts a board in between his ankles and hits each side with a sledgehammer. And you see, you see the one of the feet when she does. Yes, it. they don't. They don't show it a second time. Thankfully, to, to spare us uh, <laughs> the disgust. But you do see the first foot, and whoa, boy, that foot moves all the way over. It's horrifying. Great practical effects. <laughs> Great job. Do you think they actually broke James Conn's ankle? <laughs> you know what? They could have fooled me because <laughs> I was feeling it in my ankles when she did it. Yeah. That's how you know it's a good effect is when you're like, oh, like you feel it in your body. <laughs> also, James Conn's like overall makeup. I know you mentioned the legs, but even like his face and, and shoulder and stuff like that. He looked like he had been pretty banged up and... He did a good job of acting like he was in pain. Like, oh, for sure. He had, like, blood vessels coming out of his neck. Anytime he, like, tried to move, you're like, Jesus, <laughs> this guy's going hard. But, um... Did you... Camera angles. I was gonna I say... you were to mention that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say camera angles was the biggest thing I noticed. Anytime Kathy Bates was going crazy, it's <laughs> like they had the camera underneath her. To make mm-hmm. her look bigger. And they shot it like upwards. So she almost looked like a, a different person. You know like when you put a flashlight under your face during a yeah, yeah. movie. That's what she kind of looked like. Where the lighting was a little bit different. A little bit darker. And then she would go back to her normal happy nice self. And it, <laughs> you'd have a further back shot. Lighting was normal and everything like that. So they kind of did that trick too show the darker side of her it worked uh the only (laughs) thing that i didn't like in the tech in misery the smallest thing Mm -hmm. it's just it's just weird to me is at the very end of the movie there's a part where kathy bates falls okay onto a typewriter yes and it is clearly a doll oh you didn't notice it interesting rewatch or rewatch it rewatch the last like five minutes ten minutes yeah mm-hmm. i was watching the movie wow. i was like whoa why like that doesn't even look like kathy Bates. <laughs> they just threw a doll on there <laughs> that's the only part that is the only part of that movie yeah. where i was like okay why didn't they just have her fall <laughs> why did they need a doll <laughs> but yes that is my only critique of that film what about the perfect host oh god the uh, the flashbacks alone the editing was terrible oh yeah horrible again the only thing i can say about the tech is that it it reminded me of like a student film yes which Mm -hmm. just means you know they probably didn't have a whole lot of money everything was practical which is fine 
but it feels like someone just rented a camera and we're like, hey, let's shoot this movie real quick. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And they learned they learned some things in class and they're like, let's try this <laughs> yeah. on every scene. Let's have this cut yeah. between this <laughs> chess match and this random ass flashback of these two <laughs> playing chess in a bathtub to establish that he knows chess. <laughs> okay. Interesting. That was like the most egregious scene in that movie to me where I was like, it was. what is what is going on in this movie? Like, yeah, like, is this supposed to be like, like an Ocean's Eleven <laughs> scene happening right now? Or they could gonna... pick like a childhood memory of him like being good at chess or... Why are they even playing chess? Why is this a part of this movie? Yeah, why? In the bathtub. Oh, yeah. Why did they even play that? I don't know. Weird. <laughs> I'm giving it to Misery. Yeah. Of course. Uh, last category here. Oh, it's been shoot. a sweep so far. What did you think of the enjoyment? Enjoyment? Oh my gosh. Uh, the Perfect Toast. It's free on Amazon, like I said. So if you do want to check it out, go for it. If you have, it's an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. It could actually be 45 minutes. Um, it could actually be zero minutes. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Waste of film? No, uh, not quite. I won't go that far. It's like borderline trash film. Yeah, it's, I don't know if I hated it as much as you did, but I certainly didn't like it, if that makes sense. I don't know if I want to say I'm glad I watched it. I don't know. It's well, You figure it out and you tell me. Yeah. Next week, yeah. let me know. If, yeah, if <laughs> I'll sleep movie. on it for a week. <laughs> <laughs> Misery is, every time I go back, it gets better and better. It's, I could watch that all the time. Is it a great movie? It's a great, oh yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking about that all week, I'm like, I gotta say it's a great seal, and then I forget. Um, but it is; it gets the great seal of approval. Oh man! Mm-hmm. I also enjoy Misery way more than The Perfect Toast. Like <laughs> I said, Perfect Toast is kind of—it's a borderline garbage film. I won't give it the garbage seal because I gotta save that for like the really, really bad films. <laughs> this one's just bad. Nothing really enjoyable about it. It's just. They attempted a, an interesting story. Yeah, it could have been good. didn't work. I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's the acting. It's probably a little bit of both. I don't know if it was the editing. It just just didn't do it for me, and it's a movie that I plan on never watching again. <laughs> I'm with you. I don't plan on watching it. Misery is a movie that I could watch not over and over and over again, but I could definitely watch it every year. I think it has that rewatchability factor. I think it is enjoyable every time I watch it. There's no real slow or slogging moments where you're just like, oh my gosh, how much time is left in this movie? And I think it's like, what, an hour and 50 minutes, maybe? I think so. Mm -hmm. So it's not very long, but it's also not not like a super short movie, but it just, it, it flows nicely. Really, the only two critiques I can say about this movie is the doll. (laughs) and the just kind of it's again it's not a bad ending it just feels strange to me Hmm. i don't know why i don't know how to explain it it just feels like they added an extra scene to add an extra scene because they thought it was better closure and maybe it is i just i don't think they need it other than that i really can't say anything bad about misery it's Hmm. it's that good 
So I would definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it or just needs a movie to watch. Watch Misery. Yeah. Put it on right now. Hopefully you don't throw up during the fun camera <laughs> scene. But... <laughs> Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.